He's Christian. Wait. No. Do it again. No, we were we had started. I don't know okay. if I could put the same put the same intonation into it. He's Christian. And that's Jimmer. And we are two, two PTs and a bag, bag of chips. Today's episode, we will be covering the inversion ankle sprain and reviewing salt and vinegar kettle brand potato chips. As well as kurophobia, which is the abnormal fear of clowns. Which like if, there's a normal fear of clowns. Whoever came up with that should be hospitalized. Jimmer's fear of clowns is impressively, impressively well documented. It is absolutely perfectly normal. There's nothing wrong with being afraid of clowns. There was just a study done that says that kids, all kids, are naturally afraid of clowns. And why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? I mean, my two favorite clown memories of yours. One, at our old space, <laughs> when a clown pulled up to get coffee that, next door. That was disturbing. On, I think it was Halloween. It was in like a Volkswagen bug or something. And he was a death clown. Yeah, he was. He had a blood face zombie clown thing. He was probably that one was, of those members of the insane clown posse posse. He was weird. It was, it was, you moved to the back of the clinic. Not funny. Quite quickly. Not funny. My second favorite clown moment was uh, <laughs> when we were working the rock and roll marathon. We're at mile 24. It's 40 degrees out. I was definitely not running away from clowns. I was checking the tent. Two clowns came running down Colfax. Jimmer moseyed behind the mylar blanket tent we had set up. Like I said, I was checking the tent, making sure that it was secured. We weren't going to be blown away. It was good. It was good thinking. It was hilarious. And that happened to be clowns running by, but it had nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with clowns. Nothing to do with it. Inversion sprains. What do you got? I got nothing really. No, I got lots of information. Inversion sprains. They're very common. They're probably the most common injury we see in, in the athletic population as well as the general population. Probably. You uh, you see at slightly higher incidence in, in women uh, and it's used towards younger individuals. And these are cases in general that somebody goes in and has treated, whether they go to a hospital, whether they go to a, a GP, whether they go to a PT first. Um, these are documented cases. Yes. Most common treatment, rice. Everybody's familiar with rice, rest, ice, compress, and elevate. There's some debates about the use of an immobilizer, a boot, versus a brace, or even a um, an a air cast. cast. A cast. An air cast. Yes, that's what they're called. Air casts are good. Boots, usually unnecessary, unless there's evidence of a fracture. Fractures occur in about 20 to 25% of cases. So, I mean, these again, these are cases that people go into... To get checked out yes. the hospital. Yes. The x-rays show a fracture. They will put you in a boot. We would still recommend that you uh, take the boot off every now and again and move your foot around unless the fracture is displaced and large. But generally speaking, if it isn't, movement is the key. You got to keep moving. Try to keep the swelling down and try to walk as normal as you can to restore normal circulation and, um, and proper, proper gait. Yeah, walking is also one of your best tests to know if you've uh, fractured your ankle. If you can take five weight-bearing steps, that's kind of full weight-bearing steps, you can be pretty sure, about 90% sure that you didn't fracture anything. There are small fractures that can occur in the foot and the ankle, the most common of which is going to be sort of the lateral malleolus area. Uh, that can either be an avulsion fracture where you pull like a chunk of the bone off with the ligament, or you can get you know, just a small sort of hairline fracture there. 
Interestingly enough, bone bruising is probably your biggest long-term concern with lateral ankles. And so a bone bruise is going to heal roughly as fast as a fracture. So it's going to be about six to eight weeks. And we'll see those in something like 50% of, you know, significant ankle ligament injuries that, that come to see us or come, you know, to, to a hospital situation. The other group is uh, repeat. So that's when bracing becomes an issue. If you have multiple ankle sprains within a short amount of time, you no longer have the warning that your ligaments will give you initially. So you roll your ankle, there's really not a lot of pain, not a lot of swelling, but you reinforce that hypermobility and stability in your ankle. And that's a time when bracing does become important. So if that's, if that's something that you're struggling with, repeat injuries, repeat sprains, getting a, a lace-up ankle brace, not anything that has any metal stays or metal bracing in it, just a regular lace-up ankle, ankle brace with Velcro straps. That usually does the trick. It gives you that protection that your ankle ligaments are no longer capable of giving you because they're torn, stretched, you name it. Most of the time we see that in court athletes. Basketball, volleyball are, are the most common that, that will have con- kind of continuous wear, bracing. Uh, there's some evidence that suggests that they're, they're proprioceptive in nature because you don't have those ligaments anymore. The brace kind of provides additional input and that can be beneficial in those regards. A lot of people are fearful of this because constant bracing in the past has been told, if I brace, I'm going to make myself weaker. I'm going to make myself more prone to injury. Evidence to, to date really doesn't prove that theory at all. So bracing is kind of like wearing a sock. You wouldn't say wearing a sock is going to cause me to lose muscle mass in my foot. And bracing is essentially the same. Exactly. Plus, you can still train. You can still train in non-contact situations where you work on balance, stability, using using a BOSU, using a Dynadisc to continue to train proprioception of your ankle. And during game situations, when you run the risk of, of spraining, especially when you're placed in situations like basketball or volleyball, where there's external forces at play, where the brace. You think of chips? I'm thinking chips. Chips, it's chip time. I've been looking forward to chips. So today's chip is the uh, Kettle brand potato chip, sea salt, and vinegar. Can't wait. Can't wait. Mmm. Vinegary. What oh. you would expect with a vinegar chip. Oh, well, I've had these before. You have? I'm, I'm a big fan. I love them. Yeah. But they are vinegary. They are vinegary. Is that a word? Vinegary? Absolutely. I mean, th- th- there's a definitely a stronger vinegar. Yeah. Yeah, more of a, uh, a white vinegar versus an apple cider vinegar flavor. These would be good with fish. Oh, yeah. A little fish and chips. It's almost should... like a fish and chips feel right now. We should get some fish. Fish does sound good. I like that. I'm digging this. Would you give this... On the thumb scale. A two. That's my first two thumbs up. I'm also going with a two. Wow. Classic. Yeah, this is this is a this is a good chip. Solid, go, solid chip. Go out and get your bag. Trivia. We have the trivia. Well, question. we forgot the, the chip to air ratio again. Oh, oh man. I know. All right. Let's go there first. Then. Unfortunately, I think this is again a similar forty percent chip to sixty percent air ratio. I'm detecting a pattern. This is a pretty standard across the kettle brand. I'm detecting Problem a pattern. So either here. they have too big a bag or maybe they're low on chips. Who knows? Anyway, trivia. Last week's question. What is the largest desert, desert? in the world? Which is kind of a trick question because it's not necessarily a large sandy place. No, because we have to talk about what the definition of a, a desert. desert is. A desert is measured by annual amounts of rainfall. 
Interesting. Does that narrow the solution to this question down? That would make the largest desert Antarctica. Ta-da! Surprising. Everybody knows that. Everybody would have gotten that. Now everybody guessed that. We got one correct answer officially sent to us. Oh, we did? Yeah. Who was that? A Mike O'Brien. Go, Mike. There you go, Mike. Way to go, Mike. Your name will be entered into the raffle. That's kind of tough since he's the only one. Yeah, yeah. You get to win a a bag of chips, maybe. Potentially. Eh, probably not. Nah. Nah. Unless we get sponsored. Anyway, next week's trivia question. The first Heisman Trophy winner was blank. And we would also like to know where he played football. What was the university that blank played football, and won the very first Heisman Trophy. Send your uh, send your requests, or send your requests. Your answers. Send your answers. Send your answers to jimmer at reboundclinic.com or christian at reboundclinic.com, or you can hold on to the answers and then send them to our future Twitter feed because we're going to start Twittering. Pro- probably. Most likely. Most likely Twittering. Yes. Well, thank you for listening today. Next week, I think we're going to do some more potato chips. Let's do it. I, I don't I'm know thinking, if we're getting special ones next oh, week. Oh, we're getting humcos next week. This is uh, going to be this good. Is, this is going to be special. Yeah. And then we're probably going to discuss, I think, upper extremity of some sort. Yes. We're going Absolutely. upper extremity gonna next go upper week. Extremity. Or if you have any requests, feel free to uh, Please to shoot send on. in those requests. Anyone looking for information about us, physical therapy in general, or the show, check out our website, reboundclinic.com. If you like the show, please subscribe to our podcast and be the first to, uh, to check out our next installment. He's Jimmer. I'm Christian. Christian. Thanks for listening.